Good morning, everyone. Today, we're going to be learning the Samach Gimel in Maseches Nazir, which means we got four blot left. This is the last week. You ready, Andrew? Okay. Nazir Shagilach. How are we going to bring it to the home stretch? Let's talk about Tuma again. We should. We really should. We know you're not supposed to be Tamei Mace. That's true. And we talked about all different forms and the quantities of Tumas Mace. But now we're talking about a different thing, fascinating idea. Uh, Nazir completes his Naziris. He manages to avoid Saras, let's say. Let's say he had a standard 30-day. All the cases we've been talking about for weeks now is where it got, it got interrupted. You had to redo it. But let's say a guy had just a standard 30-day procedure he was uh, fortunate enough that there were no mishaps and he didn't drink wine and he didn't cut his hair and he didn't touch Tuma. Everything went well. Now he's celebrating the end of his Naziris, getting together with his friends in barbecue. They're playing a little bit of touch football in the backyard. He gets a call from his, his buddy. Uh, we, uh, we're doing some gardening in the backyard. We found out it was uh, actually an old cemetery. You're, you became Tame Mace. Uh, and turns out he had been in a barbecue two weeks earlier during his Naziris also. So now he realizes, wait a minute, that means that I became Tommy Mace at some point during the Naziris. Okay, so now this is the case. He finds out after the fact that he had been Tommy Mace, but he already finished the ceremony. Like, this could happen maybe even six months later, right? A year later, you find out that your Naziris had been contaminated in a way that you did not previously realize. So, Nazir Shigileach, right? So this Gileach means that it was Giluach Tahara, right? He, in other words, he thought that he was over. He had done all the karmanas. He shaved his head and he thought he was done. And then, and then it turn, turns out at some point previously, right, during his Nazirus term, he had been contaminated. So the Mishnah is going to make a distinction between what the Tomei source is as follows. Im Tumayudua. Tumayudua means it was an exposed Tumah that you know, that people know that it was obvious. Something that was known, but he had not realized. Okay. Uh, we're going to define that a little bit more clearly. But basically, right, it's, it's obvious. Anyone could have been aware of the, of the presence. It's just that it happens to be that they didn't notice at the time. Like... You know, the, I don't know, the, they, the floaties in the pool were actual corpses or something. Maybe that's a bad example, but you know what I mean. Something that if they'd been paying attention, they would have noticed, that's Tumiyadua. Then if so, Soser. Soser sounds like it says you forfeit your entire Nazir, so you have to start again. Okay. In fact, that's what, that's what the uh, Mepharshim explained is what the Mishnah is, is trying to say, that you're going to have to go and redo your Naziris. That's amazing. Imtumas tahaim. This is a this is a phrase we're going to be describing in some detail now. Imtumas tahaim. Tahaim is like the depths, right? The abyss. What's the tumma of the abyss? That basically is a tumma that was un, that he was nobody could have been aware of. In other words, like if they find out that it was buried underground. The Mishnah actually is going to give a description of tumi adu and tum tahaim in the context contexts of like. Uh, of uh, Ari's mikvah cave, we'll see. But be that as it may, Tahom is, you don't know that it's there, Yudua is that you do know that it's there. Amazingly, if it, Yudua doesn't mean that you know that it's there, but Yudua means that 
it could have been known. It's just that it was concealed. And Tahom is, it had to be like dug up. Nobody could have known. It was just something that was discovered after the fact. And if that's the case, if it's Tumas Tahom, ain't no Soser. Then in fact, he doesn't have to go back. It's good enough. Like his Naziris is considered to be uh, having been over and done with and there's no interruption or returning to that Naziris. That is fascinating. In other words, why would it matter, Andrew, whether he was, could have been aware or not of the, of the Tumah? Either way, right, we're talking about a, a scenario where had he been aware of it, he would have become tummy, right? In other words, you're not allowed to walk on top of that Tumah, uh, typically, and it is metame, meaning within the context of Oholos, right, shout out to Uncle Saul, and all of the uh, different parameters and laws of how Tumah gets transferred, both of these are cases where he would have contacted Tumah. So then the question is, Right, why would it matter whether it could have been known or not? Whether it was something that was really out there and just they didn't notice it, or whether it was something that they could not have noticed. Why would that matter in terms of how it uh, affects his Naziris retroactively? So I'm going to say the answer now, but we are going to search in the Gemara for a source for it, but the answer is a halacha l'moshe b'sinai. In other words, there's a shred of logic to it, but mostly it's just... This is the oral law. This is, this is just the way it was laid down. Uh, but we'll get into that. In the meantime, let's resume with the Mishnah. So the Mishnah says, So that's amazing, right? That this sort of underscores the idea that this, either way, he contracts the Tumah, right? It's just that if he had, if he finds out, and we're going to see, does it matter when he finds out or when he, contracted the Tumah, when he came in contact with it, when he was exposed to it, as it were. Um, so we'll see. But the point is, let's say he was exposed to it and found out about it before, right, he actually graduated, even if after the term uh, was over. So, for example, if he had a 30-day Naziris, and then the 30-day term was over, and now he's getting together, he's about to do the Karbonos the following day, and then he's going to shave his head, and he's going to do the whole Nazirat's graduation ceremony. If the graduation ceremony had not yet taken place, and he finds out that he had been exposed to the Tumah, so then it wouldn't matter whether it was what we'll call concealed or exposed Tumah. Either way, he would have to, it would be so, so he would have to do his Nazirat's again. So that is the Mishnah saying that this whole idea of concealed Tumah not being a problem is only true if you already had the graduation ceremony, but prior to the graduation ceremony, you would, you would have to, since you did, in fact, get exposed to the Tumah, you would, in fact, have to go back. Wow. So now the Mishnah is going to give you the example of what concealed and exposed would be. Says in the Mishnah, Ketzad, how so? Yarod Litbal Bamara. Let's say he went, you know, like the, the guys in Shiva, they like to go in Tzfas to the Mikvasari, right? So you have like a cave and you go in and it's like super cold. So he goes and he goes into the cave to, uh, to go to the Mikvah. Okay. Benim's the maze, Tzafal Piyamara. Ooh, that is, uh, spooky, right? Later on, they say, you know, he finds out that that day that he was there, there was a corpse there. Now, let, let's assume it's a, little, it's a little tricky because is it really floating? What is the halacha of 
floating tumah, but it's a cave after all. So at the very least, it's going to be tumas ohel, right? So in other words, he definitely was exposed to tumah, right? If this corpse was at was in the cave while he was in the cave, uh, even if it was on the side of the what, whether it was in mikvah or on the side of the mikvah, let's assume there was an exposure here because they were both under the cave at the same time. That is turned out. Uh, undoubtedly to be true after the fact. Now, if it was tzaf al-piyama is a way of saying that it was certainly exposed. It's just that it was off to the side and he didn't notice it. So, but he could have noticed it, you know, had it been better lighting and he was looking in that direction. So if that's the case, then tame, that would be a case of an exposed tumas yudua. However, nimtza meshuka bekarka ha if they find out that under the ground of the mikvah, there were bodies, you know, people who had drowned in the mikvah, as it were. Yara the haker tahar. So then, if the reason he had gone down was just to get a cool refreshment, so then he's going to be tar. Good morning. And yara, however, right? So sometimes when the guys are going to the mikvah sari and tzfas, so then they're just going, you know, to have a good time. Um, to cool off, to have some fun. So if they don't need to really be metahir, so then he's tahar. However, litar mitumas meis tame. So we're doing with the Mishnah on the top of Samach Gimel with Aleph. And don't worry, we're going to kick around all these ideas in the Gemara as well. So litar mitumas meis tame. If the reason uh, he entered the pool was because he actually had a pragmatic reason, right? He was tame meis, and he needed to go to the mikvah in order to purify himself, then he actually will remain tame. Why? Sheches kas tame tame, says the Mishnah. Sheches kas tahar tar. So again, it's, it's amazing that if he had been tame prior to going to the mikvah, he remains tame. If he was tahar prior to going to the mikvah, then he's presumed to remain tame. Why? Tahar, rather. Sheraglaim ladavar. What's raglaim ladavar? So usually raglaim ladavar means there's some evidence to the fact. As the rush points out here, raglaim ladavar, says the rush, hi raglaim ladavar lav davka. Dahaki gemira hechasa. Meaning, that's not real logic. This isn't really called evidence, right? You can't say, right, usually raglaim ladavar means evidence. And so you would say, oh, well, that's it. the fact that he was tahar is evidence to the fact that he probably is tahar. Well, that's not evidence. That's just like a precedence, right? That really just means that going in, he was tar. But why should that affect whether his exposure would make him exposed, right? There's like a COVID analogy here, right? If, if, you know, last time you checked for COVID, you didn't have it, and then you were exposed, uh, it's assumed that you, don't, you still don't have it. Why, why would that be assumed? It's not really assumed. It's just that that was your status quo going in. And this is what the Rush is explaining. That this is really a halacha l'moshim misinai. Hilchas of means that it's halacha l'moshim misinai. So in order to summarize the Mishnah, Barry, we're going to say like this. We are talking about a Nazir that completed his Naziris. And it turns out at the end of his Naziris, everything went well. It was great. And it turns out he had been exposed to Tumas Mace during his Naziris. So does he go back? So the Mishnah makes two uh, criteria um, where he actually would have to go back. Number one, uh, he needs, well, well, I'll say it the other way. The two criteria where he wouldn't have to go back, 
I'll say it like that, okay? It's easier. It's easier to say it that way. So, in other words, typically, right, if you find that you were exposed to Tumah in a way that you actually would have contracted Tumah, right, when you're exposed to Tumah, you don't wait to see whether you got the Tumah or not. Once you've been exposed, if you were exposed within the parameters of laws of Tumah where you contract it, you got it. You consider it as if you've gotten it. And as we know, when a person contacts Tumah, right, during his Naziris, he actually, it's Sosa, right? He has to go back and redo his Naziris. Okay, so now we're talking about the fascinating case as we reach the end of Nazir. This is like already post-Nazir stuff. You've finished everything and you find out that you contracted Tuma, right? Somewhere in the middle. So there are two ways where you wouldn't have to go back. It's a halachal Sinai where there's two scenarios where you could just move on and you graduated already, and it's fine. You don't have to redo your Naziris. What would be those two scenarios? Number one, said the Mishnah, it has to be Tumas Tahom, which is to say uh, Tuma that is concealed, which is to say nobody could have had any knowledge of the fact that it was there. Okay. And number two, you need to have been Tahar to begin with. Okay. So that's, that's an unusual case. When you're going to the mikvah, happens to be that if you go to the mikvah because you're Tommy Mace, so then you already, you know, had some sort of, right, Tumas Mace after the fact. So it's just, it's again, it's halachal and Moshe Misenai, but if when you found out you're already Tahar and the Tumas that you discovered prior was a Tumas Tahom, so you're good to go, right? Um, and also the third uh, criteria is obviously that you had to find out about it after you already uh, completed your Nazir ceremony, right? This is all assuming that you found out after you already completed the Nazir ceremony. So if any one of these three criteria you don't meet, if at the time that you find out you happen to be Tumay, or if you find out that the Tumay you're exposed to was concealed Tumay that you just didn't notice, or if you had not yet shaved your head, you're going to have to go back and repeat your Nazirus you know, for finding out about Tuma that you hadn't pre- that you were not aware of, right? That you actually contracted it. But if, and again, I'm just repeating because it's halacha mashimisinai, so it's not so obvious and it's not so clear because the mission is a little convoluted. But if again, if you find out that you're, if you happen to be tahar now and you already shaved and fin- completed your naziris, and you find out that the Tuma that you were exposed to was concealed, what we call was concealed, what we call Tumas to home. Then, in fact, you can move along your merry way. You, the halachal and Moshe Messina states you do not have to go back and repeat your naziris. So now we'll go a little bit for the sources of this in the Gemara as follows. Says the Gemara, where do we know this idea of the fact that Tumas Tahorim, right? So, this is the Pasuk that we're familiar with with Nazir, right? The Psukim that talk about the Nazir becoming Tame and having to, right, redo his naziris and, and purify from it. Talk about when Yamus Alav. What Alav? Alav implies that you are aware of it. it says the Gemara Alav Bimchuvereslo. Alav is like on top of it, meaning like he's aware of it. He can, he he can notice it right away, which means that's how you learn. That's an allusion to the fact that Tumas Tahom um, would not affect you in the same way. And the difference would be, as we've just illustrated, that the Tumas Tahom, if he finds that after the fact, he doesn't have to go back. That is Rabbi El- Elazar, but Rabbi Shlakesh Amar Kra, Kiyet to Nef, La Nefesh, Obederech Rechoka. Does this uh, pasuk sound familiar to you, Barry? It's the Carbon Pesach, right? Where you, ha- where you can't bring the Carbon Pesach. This is the Dafyomi coincidence at this point. 
And that Pasuk is saying what? So this Tumah means Kiderach. It has to be a Tumah that's like a road. So these are the two, uh, this is the Machlokas of the sources of this whole concept uh, that there is such a thing as Tumas to home altogether. The idea of a Tumah, that's there. That according to the parameters of the way you actually contract Tumah, right, you would get Tumah. But there is something to Tumas to home as the Gemara describes that just like a road is open and everybody can see it, so everything in that Pasuk means that it has to be the kind of Tumah that is open, which is to say that Tumas to home would not make you write Tame Lekorban Pesach. So again, the, the halachic implication would be like this. If you brought the Korban Pesach, right, and you find out sometime during Sphira that you had you know, on your way to your Pesach program, right, you, there was a mace on the way that you had not seen. So if it was obvious, if you were looking and you just happened to not notice it, you would in fact be tame and you would have lost out on the carbon Pesach. Maybe you'd have to bring a Pesach Shani, right? Uh, but if it was the kind of thing that nobody could have known, it was buried under the road. But again, it was in the scenario where you like, you literally went right over it and you, in fact, certainly did contract the Tumah, then as long as it's Tumah's to home, you're still, the, the Korban Pesach that you brought, it will still be upheld as having been valid, right? Even though, technically, you would have contracted Tumah, that's Allah Moshim Sinai, or you read it in the Pesukim, that it is, in fact, right, okay. That you don't have to go back, and that Korban Pesach was okay. Now, at this stage, we're not saying that it's Allah Moshim Sinai. At this stage, you have Machlokas Fien Rabbi Lazar and Reish Lakish about actual Pesukim, Right, one by Nazir and one by Karben Pesach. Right, at this stage it looks like this Tumas to home is a Dinda Raisa. But the Gemara asks, Vela Tanan, in this case, usually Tan means a mission, in this case it means a Brysa. We've seen already several times where that can happen. So, Ezu Tumas to home. The Brysa says, What's Tumas to home? Kol Makira Echad Basofa Olam. That if nobody, even at the other end of the earth, meaning not noticeable to anyone, but if somebody somewhere is aware of it, if somebody if somewhere is aware of it, so the Bryce says that is not considered Tumas to home. Tumas to home means that nobody could have known about it. So says the Gemara, according to, to the, right, the idea that it's like a road, right, right? so then that Bryce makes sense. Why does that Bryce make sense? Because since somebody somewhere knows about the Tumah, it's like a road. That's what the Rush explains, right? Okay. Because again, people are aware, like Waze knows about this place. Okay, so you don't know about this road, but Waze knows about this, this side road. So therefore, that is like a road. Just, right, somebody knowing about it makes it like a road. According to the person who says the Tumah has to be clear, right? In other words, when somebody is, a, just because somebody is aware of it somewhere in the world, right, why, why, that doesn't mean that it's clear to you, right? In other words, somebody knew, let's say, that there was a corpse in the mikvah, right? Somebody was already aware of it. They had been there the day before and they knew. But when you were there, you didn't notice it. So, that, so we said that that case actually, right, is not considered too much to home. That case would be considered, if somebody was aware of it, right, then that would be considered, um, Tumas uh, Yedua, 
Okay, so you say, so again, this idea that the Tumah has to be clear to him, if somebody is aware of it, so that doesn't necessarily make it clear to you, so maybe it should be Tumah's to home for you. Or not, a, it, let's say somebody was aware that there was a body, right, buried underneath the floor of the mikvah. So to you, that's still Tumah's to home. Why does it matter if somebody, right, uh, who, the person who buried it, let's say, right there, all the way on the other end of the earth. So how does that not make it to home for you, according to that shita? Visu, and furthermore, even according to Reish Lakish, who says that it's like a derech, we have another b'risa. The b'risa says that the person finds a corpse lying, right, right lying a, across the way so that it's unavoidable. Uh, amazingly, if it comes to, when it comes to truma, right, so nobody would say, and we're always machmir by truma anyway, but nobody would say that you can eat truma, let's say you're a coin, and you want to eat truma, you have to be tar. And then you find out on your way to the Pesach program that you, uh, that there was a corpse along the way. You're going to have to purify yourself if you want to be able to eat that truma. However, but when it comes to, right, a situation where you had completed your nazirus or you already brought your korban Pesach, you're on your way back from the Pesach program, Right, and then you find out there is a corpse along the way. Tahar, we're not going to make you go back. So we see, guys, that there is a different threshold, right? For truma, the same case, right? The same exact case. You found out that there was on your flight back from your Pesach program. You found out that there was a mace. So when you get home, you're not allowed to eat the and and that and that mace was somehow laid across. So if you're not so if you want to eat truma for that, you're going to have to be matire. But the korban Pesach that you brought, that's fine. The Naziris that you completed prior to that, that's also fine. So we see that this Machlokas Reish Lakish, right, and Rebbe Lazar isn't in, in terms of where the Pasuk is, well, all of a sudden we see that it's both mentioned in the Brisa, right? Nazir and Asias Pesach, the two Sukim that were quoted, right, are both mentioned in this Brisa. So this Machlokas, right, it, it doesn't really seem like a Machlokas after all. It looks like we're making both in Nazir and Asias Pesach. So ask the Gemara, my shna, right? In other words, first of all, we have both Nazir and Asias Pesach mentioned in one breath. And secondly, we see that both of them are different than Truma. So why would both of them be different than Truma? So the Gemara answers all of them with one statement. All of these issues can be answered with one statement, which is, Ella Tumas Atahaim Gemara Gemire La. That when it comes to Tumas Atahaim, and the concept of the concealed versus the revealed tuma, and the way that it impacts, right, Nizirus and Asias Pesach Lekula, right, as opposed to Truma Lechumra, all of those uh, aspects of the Tumas to home are all Halacha Lemoshim Sinai, right, that's what Gemara Gemirila means, it's Tarshabal Peh, and that explains why you don't need it, right, it doesn't impact you, Lemafreya, um, when you have already completed your zeros and shaved your head. And it also explains why if, when you've already brought the carbon Pesach, that if you coincidence, you would not have to bring it again, right? All of these aspects of the Tumas Tahom are in fact Halacha Moshe Sinai, And it is for that reason that our Mishnah is saying that you don't have to go back and do your Naziris. And that really just explains it, right? There is a shred of logic to it, but it's halacha l'moshim yisinai, so you're not going to have to pin it down to the actual psukim, okay? So that is, as I, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, Rabbi Lazar and Rish Lakish did attempt to bring it down to the psukim. It turns out that it's halacha gemir Okay. 
So now, two dots, six lines up from the bottom. We're going to talk about im ad shelogi leach. So the truth of the matter is, you might remember from Daf Mem Vav, this was a machlokas. What, in fact, is the final uh, act that makes your Naziris completely, completely over, right? What's the graduation ceremony, right? When do you officially graduate? Where you have to, like, um, my daughter, Hanara, in, uh, has to, uh, in order to start her job, has to upload her diploma, okay? Uh, in order to be registered as having graduated Besiakov, okay? So, at what point is you, are you registered as having graduated your Naziris? So that was a machlokas in Daf Mebub. The Chachamim said that it's once you bring like the first korban, right? And it was in fact, right, the, the shita of Rabbi Eliezer that it was the shaving of the head at the after the korbanos. So it says, so our Mishnah certainly seems like it's according to Rabbi Eliezer. Because remember, shilo gileach, right? Nazir shegileach v'nod alo shayotame. So it makes it sound like giluach is when the Naziris is over. It says the Gemara, man tana, who taught us that the giluach is when the Naziris is officially over? Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Eliezer, he do amar tiglachas me'akeves, right? That's the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Yochanan, the great God of Merit Yisrael says, Rosh Hashiva says, this is sheet of Rabbi Eliezer, and you don't need Rabbi Yochanan to tell you that. We know that that's where Rabbi Eliezer's sheet that Tiglachas is the point at which the Naziris ends. So, so boy, Rami Barchama, uh-oh, we're in trouble. Always the sharp question of Rami Barchama. He wants to know, Nitma betoch melos, if the Nazir was, in fact, right, Nitma, right, he contracted Tuma, whether it's from Tuma Yudua or Tuma's to home. If he was nitma inside the 30-day period, so Rami Barchama, Shir Schmidtman's PhD thesis topic, subject, always asks a sharp question. What would you say? Alamdisha question. The actual exposure happened during the 30 days of his Naziris. But the knowledge of the exposure happened when? After the 30 days. After 30 days implies after the term is over, right? After the 30-day term is over, but the graduation hasn't happened yet. Mahu. What will be the Allah then, Afghan Barhama? Would would you say that we followed the Yadiya, which is to say the moment that he found out about his exposure, and that in fact happened after he completed the 30-day term? Oh lo. Or would you say, no. That doesn't matter when you found out. It matters when you were exposed. Aha. Ulamai. Well, what would that, what would be the, the actual nafkamina, uh, right? What would be the implication? So lemistar, right? The question is, right? How much does he, lemistar, right? Steer means, does he forfeit his naziris prior to not? Obviously, that, that's really what we want to know. Now, heads up. Our mission seems beferish that it's from Zman Tuma, doesn't it? Like... Zman, because our Mishnah says that you go back, right? We assume that it meant that he found out like six months later. So it sounds like, right, certainly that it would be the, that's what we thought initially, that, it, that the only thing that mattered was when you were actually exposed, right? You find out that there was an exposure a couple of weeks later, and then it, and then if in fact it was, it was in fact revealed kind of tumma, tumma yadua, then you go back. But maybe that's not the case. Let's see. So now we have to go a little bit deeper because our Gemara is going to conclude that maybe that's not the case. So we, we, 
turn to Samach Gimel Mbeiz, and we say it like this. Rav is going to try to answer this question. So again, alumdish question actually phrased in an alumdish way. Is it bisman yadia, right? Or bisman actual exposure? Says the Gemara. Amar Rav, Tashma. Im achalogileach bein kachu bein kach sosa. Right? If the, 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 the Mish, our Mishnah actually says, if he had not yet shaved, right, then, and remember, that was the continuation of the Mishnah, right? That that was one of the criteria. That if he finds out Right, before he shaved, then Benkachu Benkach Sosa. Then either way, right, he's gonna have to now forfeit his Nazirus. So Hechidami, what does that mean? So if the case is that he that he found out about it during the thirty days, is there any need to say that? No, right? Because obviously if you contracted the Tumma and found out about it <laughs> during your thirty day Nazirus, then that's like becoming Tame. That's of course going to have to be so your Naziris. That's certainly going to set you back in Naziris. Is the case, the case must be where what? What we thought it was in essence, which is that he became Tame during his Naziris, but it only became aware of it after the Naziris, right? So it certainly seemed, right? So it seems according to Rava, Rava sees this the way we assumed it meant, that the Nazir con- was exposed to the Tumah during his Nazir's term, but then learned about it only after, but it could be before he shaved his head, because again, im leach certainly is saying that it's before he shaved his head. So that case can only be, says Rava, Rava is always a genius, and he, and he, and he is very medayic in the Mishnah, right? The case where it says that he had not yet shaved his head, it certainly cannot be a case where he was exposed and had knowledge of his exposure during his 30 days, because that would be obvious. So, so when it says he didn't shave his head yet, it must mean he was exposed during his Naziris, and then he became aware of it when? There's only one window where he could have become aware of it. If it was during his Naziris, it's obvious. And the Mishnah specifically says that it's, he had not yet shaved his head. So the only time he could have become aware of it is after he completed his Naziris, but before he shaved his head. And that's the only case. So if that's the case... So then certainly, Shmamina, right? It, we see that if his idea was before he shaved his head, he actually forfeits his Naziris. Okay, but does that address Rani Rahama's question? Rani Rahama seems to be asking what happens if you find out after, right? Says the Gemara, Vadayanti Bailach, Kulo Soser or Shiva Soser? We want to know, okay? Does he forf- forfeit the entire term? or only forfeit seven days in that particular case. Apparently, this is still what Rami Rahama wants to know. What, what do you mean? How is that Rami Rahama's question? Because if you find out within your term, so this, is, this is really the detail, the Torah says in the Psukim that if you find out within the term, you forfeit your whole, right, your whole Naziris. However, if you find out about the Tumah after the term, even if it's before you shave your head, then you only forfeit seven days, all right? Then you only forfeit seven days. So the question still remains. If you find out after your term, if you have an idea after your term for an exposure that was during your term, is it treated like Tumah that was contracted during your term or is it treated like Tumah that was contracted after? That's the question. So now the Gemara is going to detail that question as follows. Laman, Elam al-Rabbanan, if you say according to Rabbanan, Pshita the Chulos Soser. It's obvious because Rabbanan always say Chulos Soser. But according to Rabbi Yezer, 
Right? Because again, Chachamim hold that Midir Abanan, Tuma that happens even the day after is still going to, the Abanans are always going to make you go back 30 days. However, according to Abeliezer, Kol Achar Malos, any Tuma after the completion of the term is only Shiva Soser. He only goes back seven days. So Amalach, Sarami Barchama asks, he would be the one that would ask you, honey, Miliki Nitma Achar Malos. When it says Tuma after completion, Right, only is is only forfeiting seven days, which is a unique sheet of Rabbi Yazir. That refers only to case where it's after you finish the thirty day term. The high lift name laws who, and here, in fact, right, it's before, right, because after all, this is fine detailing Rami Barachama's question. Would you say this is what Rami Barachama is really asking? Would you say again? Would Rabbi Yazir treat a case where the exposure was during the thirty days? And the knowledge of the exposure was after 30 days, but before the haircut, would he treat it like the seven-day forfeiture term, as if it was after the 30 days? Or would he treat it like, like uh, the Chachamim would agree, that if it happens within the term, that you forfeit? Again, the Chachamim would say that regardless, you go back 30 days. But Rabbi Eliezer would say that it depends when the exposure was. And what Rami Bechama wants to know is, when you become contaminated within the term, and then your idea is after the term, do you go back seven, seven days as if it were after the term was over, or do you go back 30? So that's what it says here. Right? When the exposure and the knowledge of exposures, uh, exposure are split up, do you treat it as if the exposure happened during the term or after the term? And the difference would only be according to the Ezer, who holds that if it's after the term, you only go back seven days. So now that we fine-tune Rami Barachama's question, right, we're going to try to see how Rava was answering Rami Barachama. Umina, so now let's look back at Rava's answer. Rava's answer was, Katani soser. The Mishnah said that either way it would be soser, right? In other words, as long as it's before the haircut, it's in fact going to go back all the way. In other words, the, our Mishnah says so categorically. That's what Rava meant when he says, when he quotes the Mishnah, he says, what he means is that categorically, regardless of when he found out about it, right, he's going to have to go back, right? It's, not, it's categorical. It's not distinguishing the case in which he was, right, he, he had the Tumah before or after the end of the term, right? So it goes, that sounds like it goes by the idea. Right? In other words, even if he was tummy during the Malos, even if he was tummy during his actual 30-day term, it would be so, sir, only seven as long as the idea was after. So this is like counterintuitive. But it says that actually, whereas initially the Mishnah sounded like it goes based on when you're a tummy, and the truth is the Rishonim and Achronim have to go through explaining how Rava's answer could actually contradict the Pashup shot of our Mishnah, but just so that we're all clear, Rava's answer, based on the Bainkach Uvenkach, he's trying to say that as long as the Yadiya, right, would be after the 30 day term, it actually, according to Eliezer, would only be so sir, seven days. Wow. So now 10 lines down, we're just going to say a number of like unrelated laws. Once we're talking about Tuma, we're talking, we're going to outline more, more halachas uh, about Tumah as follows. So the aforementioned b'risa of finding the corpse along the way. The truma tame, 
right? So as we just said, for truma, you're going to have to be machmer, you're going to have to purify. And v'nazir v'osah pesach tahar. But if you were a nazir, and you found out about it, or if you had already brought the Korban Pesach, you're not going to have to go back. Now, this idea, this suffix tuma, is where there's no room for him to pass, right? Right? So, in other words, even if it's obvious that you passed over the tuma after the fact, as long as it was tumas to home, so for Nazir and Osa Pesach, it's going to be tahar. But if there was another way to pass, and it's possible that it was only in the right-hand lane that there was a corpse, but maybe you took the left-hand lane, you don't remember, that's called a suffix tuma. And for that, even the truma, you'd be tahar. Because it's possible, because after all, it's a public fairway, as the, as the Rishonim explained. It's a Rishus Rabim, and a suffix truma, suffix tuma, rather, and Rishus Rabim would even be mutter for truma, right? As the Gemara says, and that is all assuming that the corpse, aforementioned corpse, was intact. If you found just pieces of corpse, but even if there's no room to pass, if it was in pieces of Tumah, so then it's possible that you passed in between the limbs, and that would be like the same as if there had been room to pass. However, if the entire corpse was in a kever, I feel then it doesn't matter if it was pieces of corpse because you'd still be because after all, when you have pieces in a kever, the entire right, square area of that kever is considered to have adopted the same degree of Tumas Mace and then that's the equivalent of an intact corpse and therefore you would uh, potentially be Tame if there was no other way for Truma. And then we say, but all of this is if you're on a bicycle or you're walking by foot where you can kind of dance between the raindrops of the Tumah, right? Avalton or Rachov. But if you had a wide load truck, right, or you're loaded with the burden or riding, then Tame, right, why? Then you would be Tame the Fisham Halach Beraglov, got. Because when you're walking, it's possible. And that's why we treat it as a suffix. It's possible you walked between the Tumah. However, uh, and you know you're not overhanging everything, so you're not anything, so therefore you don't contract the tumah. However, but if you're a wide load, there's no way you went past this road, right, and didn't right overpass the tumah. Which is to say, right, <laughs> depending on how wide of a load you were. So if you were narrow enough to go between the, the tumah, so then you possibly didn't, and it's a suffix, and then the suffix of Shusarabim would be treated as tahor. Whereas if there's no way, so of course it's not even a suffix, and therefore for truma you would, you would be tameh. And again, all of this, as we mentioned, all of this would be referring only to concealed tumah. Right? But obviously if it was tumah that was known, that could have been known, just was like something that you didn't notice, then, of course, whether it was Pesach or Nazir or Truma, all of those would be considered Tame. The Ezoi, Tumas to home, and concluding in that price, so what, how does it describe Tumas to home? Kol olam. Right? Something that nobody could have known about. olam, but if somebody somewhere was aware that that road has a mace on it, even if that person currently lives in Zimbabwe, doesn't matter, as long as somebody was aware of it, that's not concealed tuma, that's considered known tuma. Okay? So, furthermore, uh, discussion of tumas to home, says the b'raisa, 
uh, if it was concealed because there had been an avalanche or, or a fallen building. That's Tomas Tahom because, again, we don't know what's underneath there. You just have a pile of rubble. No reason to assume that there was uh, a mace there in that particular case, right? So that's considered Tomas Tahom. What about in the sea, in the darkness, crevices, in the boulders? That's not Tomas Tahom because that's like if you had a flashlight and you pointed it at it, you could have seen it. It's technically exposed, even though it, people have not seen it. But there, not only is it not Tumas Tahom, they didn't say the Tumas Tahom, El Lameis Bilvad. They didn't say it except for, for a corpse. What do you mean? Of course, for a corpse. Yeah, in other words, when it comes to Tumas Sheretz or Zav, so with a Zav, maybe one would have said that because it's concealed until it's actually expelled from the body, maybe that's considered Tumas Tahom? No, 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 no. This whole distinction of Tumas Tahom versus Tumas Yudia is always only applying to Tumas Mace, right? So now we just described the parameters of Tumas Tahom, and now you know the difference between Tumas Tahom and Tumas Mace, and it actually applies to Nazir, which is why it's in Maseches Nazir. So Bezat Hashem, we will resume tomorrow with the two dots, four lines up from the bottom of Samach Gimel Amad Bez.